Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across the United States, brought to you by Insurance Business. and welcome to IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. Today I'm joined by Anshuman Prasad, Global Head of Risk Analytics at Crystal, an S&P company that advises and implements risk management programs for insurance companies and other institutions. In this episode, Anshuman is going to explain the various governance practices emerging when it comes to model risk management, something that Crystal anticipates will be a major challenge for insurance companies in the coming months and years. Now, I don't want to give too much away. So with that, Anshuman, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show. Hello. Hi, Vetan, and um, very, very happy to be here. Oh, it's great to have you on board. Um, so Anshuman, to start off with, can you tell us a little bit about Crystal and the services you provide to insurance companies? Sure. So uh, Crystal, for those of you who are not familiar, is a part of SNP. Uh, we're an SNP firm, majority owned by, uh, by them. Uh, but we operate independently um, and, and in the international markets, we're known for providing advisory services, consulting services, as well as uh, benchmarking analytics. So that that's kind of the work that we do overall. With insurance firms specifically, we're known for the work that we do in providing uh, support uh, in terms of actuarial support, as well as work around model risk management. Uh, a lot of the work that we do in model risk management is validating models, documenting them, enhancing controls, governance standards, and we also have our own model inventory platform, which is called Model Infinity. Interesting. Thank you. Um, so, Crystal recently conducted some in-depth analysis on the insurance industry and the various uh, the various governance practices emerging when it comes to model risk management. Um, Anshuman, can you tell us a bit about your findings? Uh, sure, sure. So, I mean, uh, while the study itself is is uh, confidential, I can definitely talk to you about you know uh, the high level industry trends that came out of that study. Um, so, so, so one of the main uh, aspects of the study that focused on was the actual uh, governance practices around the models and uh, how model risk uh, can be kind of contained. Uh, so, so if you look at uh, the history and context of model risk in the in insurance industry, it's fairly recent. Uh, when it comes to banking, it, it came out with the SR 11.7 guidelines. Uh, th these came out in 2011, and uh, the banking industry really ramped up uh, their model governance practices uh, quite a bit. Uh, and, and, and what we've seen with insurance firms is uh, they are lagging up behind a bit, uh, and, and that's something that did come out in the study as well. Uh, what we're seeing is that uh, as uh, model risk practices are getting more and more embedded in insurance firms, uh, they're trying to adopt uh, almost the same uh, framework that, that has been you know, in place with banks and is being used uh, very, very uh, effectively. So it's basically something called the three lines of defense model, where you have uh, firstly the model 
developers working back in terms of creating appropriate documentation, uh, you know, uh, testing their models before deploying into production, having ongoing monitoring of these models. And secondly, uh, you would have a second line of defense, which would uh, basically, you know, uh, be a checker of this, an independent challenge needs to be provided and and you know review each of these models so that's something that we're seeing some of these insurance firms really adopting and in in many cases they have segregated out the first line and the second line uh, similar to what we've seen the banks do uh, the third and important, uh, you know, leg of this three lines of defense model is basically the audit function or internal audit and their role in, you know, making sure that the first line and the second line are, you know, doing their jobs well. So that is something that we're seeing more. Uh, it's a, it's an evolving journey. Uh, what we're seeing is that uh, in in the insurance firms that we've worked with or the study that we conducted, uh, we didn't find that you know uh, the audit function is is fully equipped to deal with uh, all the types of models or has the appropriate tools like uh, an appropriate model inventory system to really you know uh, have a great handle on what's happening with respect to these models. So so those were some of the high level findings findings uh, at, at an overall broad brush level. Uh, there were also a lot of you know, changes that, that, that are happening because, for example, uh, machine learning models, uh, they're, they're growing in importance. The number of models that are uh, being used by insurance firms which leverage machine learning or AI uh, is increasing day by day. Uh, the percentages are uh, of, of models that are under coverage uh, is increasing from an inventory standpoint. There are also uh, uh, risks that are emerging with respect to some of the asset liability side models that that insurance firms have. So these were some of the trends that that also got highlighted during the study and also uh, with respect to some of the work that we've done with some of our clients. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. It's um, definitely an interesting area and lots going on. Um, sounds like progress is being made, but insurers are still lagging somewhat in their model risk management, especially in, in you know, as you described it, that third line of defense. Um, what challenges might this cause for insurance companies in the coming months and years? Sure, sure. So if we look at uh, the the reason for the lag, um, and 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 if we if we focus on on it, um, you know there are some firms that are that are you know adopting all the best practices possible and and have made strides, uh, but it's not been very uniform across the industry. The main driver is because um, uh, the way the insurance industry uh, is, it's it's fairly fragmented across uh, different states. There are different state regulators that have uh, various competing priorities. And unlike the banks, uh, it, it's, 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 it's a different ballgame. What we're seeing is that because of that, um, if, if certain insurance firms may have uh, a greater degree of challenge, especially the ones that, that are not only national, but more international, uh, the largest ones will have to comply with uh, 
regulators and and the uh, competing priorities not uh, across different geographies as well like the canadian regulator is far ahead in terms of uh, pushing for uh, greater controls around moral risk uh, with respect to certain other countries uh, so 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 you know they, that is how do you mix and marry that uh, that that's a big challenge the other uh, challenge that you pointed out was around the the audit function uh, the audit function needs to a have the right tools and that's where a good model inventory system uh, a system where you could view uh, what stage each model is whether the model has been you know properly uh, first of all categorized second uh, the documentation for that model view that documentation see if it's been appropriately challenged has there been a validation if so when um and and then which uh, when when's the next validation exercise is there an ongoing monitor, monitoring framework in place for those kinds of models or not so all of that information needs to be accessed by audit and that's something that that the cornerstone of that is having a good model inventory system certain insurance firms have adopted the grc system or the governance risk and uh, compliance systems which are more broad brush brush and try to customize that and use that as their inventory system but we do believe strongly that a specialized model inventory system is a prerequisite for audit to get a handle on uh, their models or better handle of the models the second important factor is talent um so uh, it, it being fairly quantitative uh, uh, work uh, it, it does make sense to mix and match uh, the skills uh, available in, in the audit function to have uh, a better oversight over models. So that, that's a couple of recommendations that we do have. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you. So Ashman, you've mentioned the banking sector a few times, so I wanted to uh, home in on that. Banks have been advancing their model risk management since the Fed and the OCC rolled out SR117 back in 2011. Um, what can insurance companies learn from the banking sector around modeling best practices? Sure. So I think um, you, 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 very, uh, very, very interesting question. I think the, the main things are uh, firstly the three lines of defense model that I described. Uh, that's something that is a that is fairly basic and 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 something that that the banks have uh, been adhering to for a while now. Uh, they did face the same challenges in getting this rolled out, uh, and and I think insurance firms need to uh, really pay attention in terms of rolling this out uniformly uh, across uh, the organization. In in and 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 for that, I think the the key factor would be a. Um, looking at the, the the practices around documentation in the first line uh, some of these uh, models are also vendor models so that that creates additional challenges so so it, it it involves you know coordination with the vendors getting that documentation in place uh, and then having that uh, uh, spirit of testing so before implementing these models in production I'm, I'm not saying that you know it's not being done but but just uh, that uniformity may be something that that uh, insurance firms need to focus on the second important part is going to be the uh, effective challenge aspect or the second line of defense which is having uh, these models reviewed validated by independently by a, a function 
that that typically in the banks is the model risk function um, and, and, and insurance firms have also adopted that. But but having that report independent of the first line, uh, typically we've seen that this, this function needs to report uh, directly into the CRO. Um, so, so having that uh, structure in place, that governance structure would help. Second is setting up a model risk management committee where you would include, um, you know, uh, not only the, the first line, the, the second line, which is the model validation uh, 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 team, but also inviting the audit function, uh, in some cases the finance function, because of some of these models have financial implications, as well as uh, the head of data science, because some of the models, as I mentioned, uh, you know, are machine learning models. So that's something that that uh, insurance firms need to pay attention to, and uh, and and some are. So that's something that 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 we're seeing is 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 a prerequisite, and and where the banks have uh, more or less implemented it all across uh, in in a very uh, stringent fashion. So that that's that's our main recommendation. And then following that, you 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 have other uh, aspects that come into the picture, like uh, how frequently. Is, is, are the validations actually happening, uh, depending on the risk that the model poses. And there are ways of categorizing that risk or tiering those risks into tier one, tier two, depending on how uh, material that model is to the business, uh, how complex the model is, what's the usage of that model, uh, etc. So, so tier the models uh, have different frequencies of validation. Obviously, your more high risk models need to be validated more frequently. So, these are some basic uh, aspects that uh, insurance firms can borrow from banks. Uh, and indeed, some of the uh, insurance firms have already started on that journey or are fairly close uh, to, to what we've seen with the banks. So Anshuman, when it comes to assessing models, it has to go beyond suitability of data. Um, there are other issues to contend with, such as ethics, fairness, and even bias. Um, how can insurance companies find the right balance? Sure, sure. So um, firstly, let's take a step back and you know check on why it's very important. Uh, why are these issues very important? So I think the basic issue here is that um, when you're building a model, and this is something that all modelers are very aware of, um, you need to stay away or steer clear of variables that could lead to ethics, fairness, bias issues. For example, gender-based variables, uh, variables around location, like using specific zip codes um, and, and that data around that. So these are, are very tricky variables to be using and could definitely cause potential uh, you know, fairness and bias issues. So, so, so that's something that 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 a very base level, uh, all modelers are trained to do that, and uh, and and we're very aware while building a model that that you know these can be uh, issues that can crop up. Uh, where the governance aspects comes in is uh, is is where uh, I think people or, or insurance firms need to improve upon, and in general, the industry needs to be aware of, uh, and that that can only be uh, applied 
uh, well if there is a robust three lines of defense uh, mechanism. Uh, because while there is awareness around these issues and modelers do take into account these while building models, uh, sometimes uh, you know things could go out of hand and we've seen reputational uh, issues cropping up. So for that, you need effective challenge of of these models, you need a second eye reviewing models, getting down to the level of variables being used, challenging that, and um, and and you know ensuring that there were no issues uh, that that inadvertently cropped up. Uh, this is more important as well because of the prevalence of machine learning models that get trained using various data and, and the way that it's changed automatically in certain classes of machine learning models. So it's very important that that you know there's a thorough review and check mechanism or the three lines of defense are, is very robust. Uh, so that's the advice that we give our, our clients. Excellent. Thank you. So you know to pull this all together, Anshima, what advice can you share for insurance companies around model risk management uh, to ensure that you know they set themselves up for success in a future where, if we're being honest, models are only going to become more important? Um, so what do they need to do? So I think the, the, the basic aspects are A, uh, having uh, a good handle on the, the, the models, which can only come by having a model inventory system of some kind. Uh, second would be to have the appropriate governance mechanism uh, around the models. Uh, and, and there has been a lot of good work that, that's out there on that. Uh, the third aspect would be the right talent. And 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 it, it's not uh, the, the least of problems given the talent shortage, uh, finding the right people with uh, the modeling capabilities, data science capabilities, as well as the right spirit of of, uh, of inquiry and, and ability to challenge these models. So staffing up uh, with the right talent would also be very important. So I think these are would, would be the three steps that, that uh, insurance firms need to take. Well, Anshuman, thank you. Uh, this has been a fascinating discussion and I'm sure it's been quite a lot of food for thought for uh, many of our listeners. Um, time to set up that three lines of defense. Uh, so Anshuman, thank you very much for joining us on IBA Talk today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Bethan. Thank you. Um, thanks also to our listeners for tuning in. I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business, and this was IBA Talk. Thank you for listening to IBA Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.